Hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, the three hosts are together once again. And for us, it's a great uh, honor. And uh, I guess honor is a little too much, right? It, it's a great privilege for us to be able to talk to Eric Bookout, the host, creator, and uh, true inspired, true criminals podcast host. Maybe that's a lot of words, but thank you for being on, Eric. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, for those that are maybe uh, not knowledgeable who you are, uh, how did you get started with the True Crime or True Criminals uh, podcast, and what what do you talk about on it? Besides, kind of the name kind of gives it away a little bit. But. Um. So yeah, I just talk to regular people, you know, your friends, your neighbors, your countrymen about the crimes they've committed. We're not looking for people that have necessarily made the news, you know, just re- you, well, anyone off the street. A friend of mine, we're sitting around talking one day and we realized that, you know, you're hanging out in a bar and you're just, you know, fucking around and talking to somebody. And it turns out you guys have both accidentally robbed a house before or something crazy like that. So, yeah, that's how it goes. And then we we're like, well, shit, everybody's got a story. I mean, it doesn't matter if it was the, I got harassed by the cops for jaywalking at a Mayfest. You know, everybody has something. So enough funny stories out there sitting around that, yeah. We thought, well, fuck, let's talk to people. Let's talk to anyone who will talk to us. So, so as a, not a hypothetical criminal or anything, but um, one of the things I find interesting about true crime stories is I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds so relatable. And, you know, that human element gets kind of disguised in there. Um, How would you think that relates to like, whether it's like, like you said, everyday folk and the really mastermind level of class is that human element something that is played a lot, right? Because, you know, being a tech guy, we, we see social engineering a big piece of uh, hacking and whatnot. So I want to hear what your your thought is of how the human element's really used in, you know, criminal and crimes in this sense. Are you talking about, like, as far as, like, what do you mean the human element? Like, it could be empathy. It could be... Um, like, the human story I, gets lost sometimes, right? Well, I, f- I find that most people, you know, you don't really apply, you don't really f- apply any sort of humanity to just living your life. You know, you're going along and yeah, like everybody's, uh, you're talking about the IT side of things. I, I hardly know a person in life who, who didn't uh, stream something illegally or, or, uh, you know, depending on what your age, download stuff from Napster or LimeWire. So Ooh, that's call out. It's call yeah. out. It's a good one. So. So yeah, and nobody was thinking about those things. And you know, even when that even when that stuff started getting shut down years ago, I like I was in a rage. I was in college and I was very upset by it because I was like, well, why was this not a problem when cassette tapes were around? You know, it's the same thing. You're still ripping off music from people. Yeah. And, and so a lot of times, you know, the human element's completely removed because you're just going around doing what you would normally do. And the laws that you're actually breaking are just rules that were put into place by who knows and half of them are stupid. And, and then that goes on to my follow-up question. Do you think because we're human, we understand and give a little bit of like, and like, all right, you know, they got away with it. No biggie. Cause there's some people that just, if you know, you don't like somebody, you're like instantly on their case. Hey, you know, but in the case here where it's like, it's a crime that's gone on, on unchallenged and on, you know, never been recovered or caught it's kind of just like, okay, don't do it again kind of deal. Because I've seen a lot of people get away with, like, slap on the wrist for something that I'm like, eh, you've been doing this for a while. You know, it wasn't, like, a, a mistake. It was a habit. But people are like, it's 
not a big deal really. So, yeah. And you know, you can apply that to like, I mean, everybody gets judged differently. Uh, no, no two people are like anyways, but you know, every situation there's people that get away that shouldn't get away. When you talk about like the affluenza teen who, yeah, should have been judged much harsher than he was. But then, yeah, you even look at like the Will Smith slap last weekend or whatever, you know, should he be judged harsher than he was? Well, we started uh, hard today. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. No, I, I guess that's, that's a very true point because a lot of times everyone commits crime. There's not a single person alive that doesn't, especially becomes more difficult when the laws are made in such a way that it makes it hard for, you know, a specific group of people to kind of learn or get away, walk away from from an experience learning from it rather than being judged for life. You know, like if, if, if uh, a kid from a certain neighborhood, let's say they, they maybe rob something from like a dollar tree or something, they can get judged really harshly. But if a kid, comes from like an affluent part of the town, maybe they'll be, Hey, don't do it again. Please don't, you know, here's son, here's what you should do or whatever. Right. It, it's interesting how that happens. Like you said, like if you look at the, the CDC, right, they have people that made laws and, and the more proof that comes out, the more it seems like a lot of those laws were made, in a way that, you know, caused human death, right? Because they said this yeah. is going to help, this doesn't. But they don't get, like you said, prosecuted. They don't get judged for that because of their status, because of who they are. But if it was someone else who made that that claim or those those statements, they'd probably be in jail until this, to the end of their life, you know? So yeah. when, when you see that, what do you, what do you, what's your feelings on it? What's your thoughts on, like, how that works? Well, I mean, we could go deep into the weeds on that. Yeah. Let's go deep. Let's, I mean, go deep. Let's go deep. We do. We do on my show sometimes, man. And you know, I try to keep it light a lot of times. I, and it doesn't always work out that way. We had a guest on a few weeks ago who admitted to four murders. So, I mean, that oh, was man. not like it was hard to dance around that and make it fun. So, but but every now and again, we'll we'll go into the weeds about because you talk about like real serious crimes and how people are judged differently. You were just talking about the CDC, like Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Responsible for thousands of deaths and that family's not going to be held accountable for shit, you know, um, and not to get all super political, but we, we Trump was actually charged with rape of his former wife and was let off on the technicality that in that, at that time or that state, you couldn't be charged for raping your wife. So, I mean, people get away with stuff that they shouldn't get away with. And yeah, the whole world is viewed through different lenses based off who's, who either got money, you know, what color skin you are, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's a fucked up world. So it, it feels a lot yeah. like Gotham city everywhere, right? Like there's always people with power that I can walk away from issues. It, it does. Like, yeah. That was like the biggest takeaway I got from the Batman. I was like, the Riddler's kind of right here, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to agree with the guy, but damn, you know. No, but he is right, though. Because <laughs> no, a lot of people went on their lives like nothing's happened while the people are, are addicted to the drops, which is that, that, you know, drug in the movie. And they're making millions of dollars off of it. They're trying to win their political careers over. The, I mean, again, like that happened. We're from California. So that happened here, right? You know, the governor got caught lying several times. And even during the, the process of, you know, removing him from power, you know, they then somehow ended up inching out a win, either, you know, over someone else who maybe had a different political view, but seemed more logical about certain things. But it's just that corruption. Some nowadays, I think because we have so much information, it's so easy to see it. It's so easy to see where the corruption is happening and how it even originated. But it feels still feels like a lot of people are powerless to make changes. And that's why I think you sometimes feel the extremism 
even if you don't agree with, well, if you don't like it, but you can't help, but some, a part of you agrees with it. Right. Cause you're like, I, you want to see change, but you just get so frustrated with the current way that things are, you know, moving because it's not changing maybe at the pace that we expect. But like you talk to a lot of criminals. Well, what's your thought on these things first? Cause I want to ask about the, some of the criminals you've talked to. Well, well, to say I talk to a lot of criminals, people, is, I guess people, are better. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's, yeah, I talk to people yeah. and yeah, they talk about their crimes. Um, no, it, for the most part, most people, yeah, uh, are just out there, like I said, living their lives and it turns out that they have committed crimes. Half the time it's when they were young and didn't care, you know, we're a lot more, you know, loose about how they lived their life or didn't hadn't developed responsibilities yet or taken on a mortgage or anything. So they didn't care. But uh, yeah, as far as like when I talk to actual people who like are hard hitting criminals, uh, I mean, I don't know for a lot of times they, they tend to not think about the bigger picture when you're thinking about the politicians who are out there fucking us every day. Mm -hmm. So, so I have a question. I'm curious, how do you go about, you know, one, parsing out these interviews realizing all right this is another person on the other line who has a story to tell and the story just happens to be a crime how do you protect them how do you protect yourself because you know say there's a police officer just listening and be like hey wait a minute this sounds <laughs> like a confession you know and how how do you prevent that layer of you know transparency being out to the public right well uh, on our show we start off every episode with a disclaimer so there's a disclaimer. We don't vet the stories. These people could be lying to us. Right. So there's that. Um, the other thing is if people want to remain anonymous, we let them be anonymous. And so, yeah, we bleep out names or locations or dates if needed to, to prevent all of that. You know, half the time, you know, the guests are maybe trying to plug something anyway, so they don't care. And they're just telling the high school stories where they ran from the cops. But, yeah. you know. But sometimes people, yeah, definitely want to go dark and don't want to, <laughs> don't want to, or maybe I, I had a, a woman on who's a school teacher and while she's a good person and she's living a good, clean life, uh, she told a lot of cocaine stories ah, and so she's, yeah, she stayed anonymous. <laughs> yes. She was anonymous, uh, because yeah, she was like, well, you know, what if my, what if some of my colleagues hear this? I don't want them looking at me like yeah what yeah who would yeah so i guess I, w I was thinking in my head you have like a deep fake voice filter <laughs> just in case uh um, she's a I good do. teacher That's oh we do i've got a guest coming up that i haven't done the interview yet but he specifically asked to yeah filter his voice oh so yeah. there you go guys but feel full confidence and your name doesn't have to be poster pastor eric right no. <laughs> yeah well, well Oh, I'm I I am not anonymous. Yeah, I am under my <laughs> real name. I have admitted to actual crimes that I committed, and yeah. In in your experience, does it ever feel like, uh, sometimes a crime is done for entertainment purposes or like peer pressure, right? I I sometimes bucket them under the same uh, category, and other times it's out of necessity, right? Um, uh, like if you don't have any other means, or if you have an emergency occurring, you have no way to do it. You know, you have to, like if you're speeding, for example, if, if your wife or kids or family is in the hospital, you know, it's not something you want to do, but there's not done at that moment. There's not much that you see as an alternative. Other times it's like you're peer pressured into it. What is the most common type of crime that you see when you talk to people that, that occurs? Well, you know, as far as like people like doing it 
maybe for peer pressure or anything like that. And most of your younger stories, when you're talking about people in high school or anything like that, yeah, people are are doing doing all sorts of things. Everybody's drinking underage because, yeah, I mean, it's illegal, but they're doing it because they're having fun. And I don't know about you guys, but almost everybody I know did. Get away with so, it. That's the thrill. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, as far as like marijuana, it's legal in California, but it's not legal. I'm in Texas. It's not legal at all here. And I, I mean, half the people I see smoke. So, you know, yeah, they're breaking the law. Are they doing, I don't think they're doing it for peer pressure at this point, but you know, they they also don't care that it's illegal because it shouldn't be. Ooh. And then, oh, did you have something? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, but yeah, like um, as far as like, uh, like today, like speeding or anything, like I sped to get home to make this make this appointment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I was putting anybody in danger, but there's a lot of laws that you just you don't care about when you know that they're there. Rules have to exist so that we have a a line, a guideline for people to follow. Right. But they don't, you know. There's a you can bend them. It's like uh, one of my English uh, professors told me: you got to know the rules before you can break the rules. And yeah, you got, that's, that's how I see them. <laughs> so your style of podcast is really interesting because you talk to normal everyday Joes out there, you know, that, um, that are just legit, you know, like walking down the grocery aisle, you know, you say hi to, you don't really think about it. Cause, um, I'm a big true crime person. I love watching, you know, um, like I like watching <clears throat> true crime on TV. I like listening to it on the, uh, on the, um, on, on podcasts, you know, but you usually hear about the, you know, like the, the, usually the, the bigger suspects, you know, like BTK, you know, and all those people right there. Um, how is it that, uh, well, you said that you were, you were talking with your friend and then you realized that, you know, that there's a bunch of people, you know, just, uh, <laughs> just a bunch of criminals out there, quote unquote criminals, you know, but like, how is it that you like said that, okay, I want to become this, like, I want to tell people, I want to tell their stories to people out there. And how is it that you go finding, you know, people like, do you just, uh, do you have like a bulletin board out there? Like how do, how do you find people that want to come over uh, into your podcast and uh, basically, you know, say their story? Well, for the most part, like I don't have to, like I'll talk to anybody because I think everybody has committed a crime. I've had some people on there that really dance around the idea, like thinking they haven't. And so I have to dig a little bit, but to find people, of course it started out with, well, I know 20 people. So let me, let me just call them up. You know, I've heard this story from a friend, even though I don't know this guy, Hey, I contact my friend. Hey, let me talk to your friend. I know he, he beat that guy up one time at a bar. Let's hear that story or whatever. So that's, that's how a lot of it started. I still have a few, a few friends and family members out there in the wind that I can always reach out to and say, Hey, come on and tell me your, your stuff. Um, of course, you know, yeah, I, I put stuff out there on socials. Uh, of course we invite anybody at the end of the show. Like we leave our contact information if someone wants to contact us because they have a story to tell when they can. Um, and then, yeah, of course uh, there's sites that you can go to just to m- match up with other, other people trying to promote their stuff. People that want to be guests on podcasts. What do you think about the, that theory of saying that some of the world's greatest crimes were discovered because of ego? So not, not so much that someone made a mistake, but if you commit a great crime, you want people to know about it. Like, you know, like they say, a lot of the, the drug trafficking, uh, you know, the narcos that are well-known and are really good at what they do, they want people to know how good they are at what they do. So sometimes they leave trails. Sometimes eventually they get caught because they start leaving too many hints behind or they start flashing too much. 
So it's like the ego that gets him caught at the end. If it wasn't for that, they continue with no issues. But do you have do you knowing maybe the crime that you've that you've been knowing the crimes that you've seen and you heard and you read about? Do you think that's true? I mean, yeah, I, I follow a lot of true crime too, so I I see that a lot. That a lot of people do want to you know they revisit the scene of the crime and stuff like that. Same thing with my show where I'm talking to regular people. This idea came about because we had already sat around with people throughout the years, just hanging out. You tell a funny story that is about the time you ran from the cops. Well, the reason you told that story is because you want to share that story because it's funny as hell. <laughs> so yeah, people like to tell their, their crime stories and it's because, yeah, because people like attention. And so yeah, ego plays into everything as far as like anything you're, you're out there doing. If it wasn't ego, I mean, if I didn't want attention, why would I leave my house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true, huh? Yeah, I kind of have this, I don't know, I just read this news article about a Yale um, manager that was in charge of, like, IT equipment purchases, right? Was buying mon- buying equipment from Yale, using Yale's money and then losing it all and then selling it and redistributing those funds for herself. Hmm. So she finally got caught after... What was it seven years? The total amount of money she laundered was upwards towards forty million dollars. Damn, she would just lose computers every day, and she, no, no one thought about it. Like, like she's, got, every day. she's got a new Benz. She's got <laughs> really expensive clothing. Like you said, it's all about the ego. Everyone thought got she had an OnlyFans, but it she's was like, actually- damn, she's making hella bank as an IT manager. <laughs> what? What's the secret? You know, but the sauce was uh, it's all stolen, <laughs> and. Yeah, stuff like that you hear that and you're like how did they get away with it and honestly they only caught them after someone ratted them out because so they told somebody then or some or someone they, they someone up. that was probably working on it was like hey you know this is you see what i mean that's yeah. again that's my that's my point so i always find like some people commit crimes accidentally because the law is made so that you really almost can't avoid it like they make it hard for you. If they know you like to walk across the street, like, well, now we're going to make a law to stop that. So sometimes they purposely lure you into a trap. Other times it's mostly, you know, then you start getting an ego behind it. You're like, man, this is a, I'm pretty good at this, man. And I want someone to know. So maybe you'll leave a hint or maybe you'll start buying large amounts to see how much you can get away with. But again, like ego plays a big part of it. And that's why I was asking if, if you, since you said that you've seen it as well, I wonder how many of those stories, because it feels like almost all of them are like that, right? Somebody wants to say something about it. Do you, do you think that's true or do you think maybe not? Well, I think depending on the severity of the crime, obviously like your serial killers are out there, they're, they got their ego and they want, that's why they get caught. Um, if you're talking about like people that just were kind of bad kids and stayed bad into adulthood, uh, I don't know so much of it's ego as much as it is that they just don't want to conform to society's, you know, guidelines. You know, I, I, a lot of people that I think of, the people that I probably wouldn't even invite on the show because they're actually shitty people. That, um, yeah, I would say ego is not part of that at all. It's because they don't feel like they should have to work that hard, and they don't care about other people. <laughs> yeah, so it's like narcissism a little bit, right? There's some. People yeah, that, I know that a lot of like the the hackers that get caught are because they're again they're showing off. They're going to Reddit under a different surname or an unknown. They're talking about this is what I did. This is how I'm like mining Bitcoin off of a company, or this is what I'm doing. Like they 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 have this way of they can't keep it to themselves. I don't think I think that's more like white collar crimes, right? But they're still crimes, you know. Probably the, yeah. the white collar crimes sometimes affect society a lot more than 
you know, just a simple, like somebody robbed a case of beer, you know, from a liquor store or something. It affects maybe that guy that owns the liquor store more than anyone else, but nobody else is really affected. But those white collar crimes of people like, you know, contaminating data sources or, you know, like erasing people's history or, or robbing someone's identity, like affects a lot more people. It's just interesting how they, they don't prosecute one over the other unless it affects, you know, the the law. If it, if it affects a politician, that's it. Like you pretty much sealed your fate. But if it affects a neighbor, it's just like, well, I mean, we can let that one go. Even if the neighbor got robbed completely, right? Well, there's like, uh, and I don't remember where I got this. I don't have exact numbers on it, but there's there's definitely some data out there that like the CEO who's stealing from Walmart and embezzles, you know, $200,000 from them one year is a drop in the bucket compared to the million dollars they use through small shoplifting. So yeah, they they hate the small shoplifters more because they their tiny little infractions collectively add up to a lot more than that one CEO. Although that one CEO by himself is worse individually than every one shoplifter. Yeah. Uh, just to, to do like a small follow up, there's a couple crimes I wanted to ask you about specifically because I want to see what your thoughts are on it, and then I would like to kind of ask more about the podcast that you do because there's a lot of uh, I, I heard two episodes and I think they're extremely interesting. I want to I'm gonna listen to some more as well, but the the one that I uh, the two crimes that that I think uh, are still relevant is like the 2008 market crash, right? So with people that manipulate stocks, of course, if little people start to to do the same like what they did with the GameStop thing, I thought that was the housing market. Well, it was the housing market, right? Yeah, but it was stocks. Well, because the company wanted to make more profit because people were manipulating the stocks. So we encouraged them to start lending out money to people that were unqualified. They were starting all these scams, knowing that people couldn't qualify for them. They they fake right. numbers. But that was a problem with deregulation, not the stocks. But it was the stocks that 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 caused it. It was the origin point. It was like the fact that they were trying to sell and buy their own. The origin stock. point was that they were able to deregulate it. And then they're like, okay, now we can make money. All right. So you can tell this is how we, that's how we work. But, uh, so the, the, the what do you think? Because they gave them bonuses in order to keep them. And there's, there's logical reasons why, right? They wanted to keep the guys that made the mess because they would know how to fix the mess best. That's what the the public opinion or, or reason was, why they kept them and the, why they gave them a bonus to make them stay. While they, you know, they got, they fired almost all the other people, the analysts that were there. But what are your thoughts on that specific occurrence in history because it still still affects us to this day uh yeah i mean obviously like when you start thinking about like stocks and the economy and how all that works i have a vague idea <laughs> but it really starts to get over my head and i'm sure if i focused on it too much but it's one of those things where like why i was always horrible at math I, <laughs> once you start giving me numbers i like okay well i'd rather think about a movie so zone out but as far as like them affecting things and how they how the people should have been yeah i feel like they should be punished a lot more i just just for my own like just joy like i want to watch them be punished and treated harsher because i don't like the fact that they're assholes and get away with it but i mean yeah if they're the only people that can fix it too it's also good to be in that position i'd love to just steal and then be told well shit we can't hurt you because you're the only person who can fix it. That'd be great. I'd, I'd switch places with them in a second. You know, it, it's crazy to think that they got bonuses, went off and started their own brokerages. So now they can sell and, and manipulate stocks for pe- on behalf of people. They can invest for them. But if you were to get a $1,000, you know, uh, deposit into your account because someone incorrectly put the wrong account number and you were to spend that money because, hey, I got a deposit. That's cool. I didn't know I had a wire transfer. 
you go to Walmart or whatever, you know, Target, you, you buy some things, you come back, the police will be at your doorstep ready to take you in for the next 25 years if you can't pay that money back. You know, like, it wasn't even my fault, man. The company should have, like, they should just be, oh, my bad, and move on. But now they're persecuting you to get that money back. But if it was somebody else who got that, they can legally go to a good lawyer, go and fight on behalf of them and say, they messed up, Chase or Bank of America deposited this money. That's their fault. It's not my client's fault. Because we don't have good lawyers and we don't have really good education yeah. on how the laws work. We would end up in jail for the next 45 to 50 years for using up a small amount of money. This is just, again, a thousand dollar example, but some people have been put away like old couples because they got an accidental $1 million donation because some teller messed up, but it doesn't matter. It, yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. The, the whole criminal justice system is a total fucking shit show, man. It's, it's garbage, but you know, it's what we have. Um, yeah. The little people are, are not able to really help them. It, it's like the same thing with like overdraft fees. Banks charge yeah. overdraft fees to people who can't keep enough money in their bank to pay their bills. Well, how does taking more money from them help anything? Yeah. But they give more money to people who have lots of money. Oh, you have lots of money in our bank? We'll have some more. Yeah. So yeah, it's rewarding people who don't need rewards and it's hurting people who don't need to be hurt anymore. And yeah, the whole criminal justice system is set up like that. If you can't defend yourself, then yeah, you're just screwed. Uh, oh it, man, I had, a, I had an example I was going to give. But oh well, I it, it. It, it all goes back to the money, I think, because if if you have a low credit score, they're going to charge you more on interest and more on fees. If you have yep. a great credit score, they're going to give you everything handed to you. But if somebody had a bad credit history, it's usually because they didn't know how to manage money. They lacked that knowledge, yet they kind of trapped them into that situation correct but because then, what happens is you be start becoming an attractive person a personnel that they want to keep if you know how to manage money and credit you they're gonna be like oh you can go anywhere else you don't have to fucking stay here absolutely but the thing is i'm saying like the knowledge that comes to a certain community isn't the same knowledge that comes to another because in schools like in public schools they don't really teach you how to manage money they teach correct. you numbers calculations and then correct. good luck i hope your family has a good lawyer to teach you the rest of it because we're not teaching you any of that we're going to teach you how to like comb your hair and how to, you should express yourself this way and that way. But then when it comes to the knowledge on how to survive in this world, it's like, yeah, that's not what we're here for. And, and the sad truth is the reason why schools can discount that, that it's their responsibility because the information is out there. It's true, but you have to apply yourself. But then every information is out there. What's I'm, the point? I'm getting there. You yeah, have yeah. to apply yourself in a way that you know what is correct and what isn't correct. And that's my biggest tell. If you're at school, guys, just pay attention on how to research. Because that's really what's going to get you through life. Yeah, you're going to learn basics. But at the same time, what you need to know is how to thrive and survive on your own. Right. Yeah. And again, that's how any instance of like, well, why is this a crime? Why is this broken? Why is this like this? You start asking the right questions. You start unraveling the string. And that's why I wanted to talk to Eric. The reason why we, we uh, one of the biggest reasons, besides the fact that I think uh, True Criminals is a great name for a podcast and the fact that everybody is technically has committed a crime is a great on premise. When I saw that you also speak about NFT, I wanted to get into the crimes that happen financially and then how NFTs is kind of a way to, it's, it's a different decentralized way to be able to manage money and be able to kind of create some growth because it's very hard otherwise, especially if someone is a convicted felon or a convicted criminal, it's very hard for you to get a job, very hard for you to open an account without something, you know, some long process occurring. Um, before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, so as we're talking about the financial type of crimes that exist, well, what's your opinion on it? Because I know you kind of talked about it already right now, but I want to see when you think about all the different types of laws, again, education that isn't available to us, what's what's your 
what's your thought? Uh, the, when it comes to financial crimes that occur, um, what is your, your thought on those things? I want to get into the NFT situation because I know that, that that's something that you know about. And- oh, I don't know that much about NFTs at all, really. But uh, like as far as financial crimes, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We all start out on such a different footing. And even if like, even if two people are born in the exact same situation, no, it's everybody's so different. It's hard to say that that anything set up is fair and equal. So even though someone can have the knowledge to, to know how to, to handle finances and prepare and do the research, even if they weren't given, you know, all the information from their family or their school, somebody can be given the research or given that knowledge and just not be bright enough to put it all together. So yeah, it's hard to say like, you know, how finances affect everybody and what's fair as far as like those who know, know how to manipulate it. I, I do think like all of the financial stuff that the, the way the world's regulated as far as finances goes is, I mean, it's all bullshit, but at the same time, like money is actually bullshit. Like it's just a theory in our heads anyways. So, I mean, I don't know. I get it. The NFTs are like a lot of people are putting a lot of focus on it, like calling them like they're, they're nonsense. They're just value that you're putting on nonsense. But so is money. Yeah. So is but money. so is money. Money is so, exactly the, so. Let's let's divulge a little into that NFT nonsense. So what you're hearing more often than not, and this is probably tied more towards the true, true crime instance. You see people who are influencers, you know, YouTubers, Instagrammers, what have you, claiming they have this brand new platform that they're behind, whether it be NFT or crypto, right? And they dump in their own money. And it's a pyramid scheme because they have the initial seed, which is their own capital. And once people see, oh, it hit X amount of dollars, which means it's worth this much. And they're selling them on the idea that it will grow in value. Correct. It will only grow in value as other people believe the same thing, that it will grow in value. That's how Bitcoin, that's how Dogecoin happened. People are like, we will literally be making more money because we believe in it, making more money, right? That's how all money works, guys, right? And if people are like, well, why do we have debt, national debt? It's credit. It's credit for other other nations. But for individuals, the NFT and and Bitcoins, they all rely on the fact that we all believe they will go up in value, right? Bitcoin was dollars, pennies at one point. And now it's worth a single $40,000. Over 40, yeah, but yeah. So, again, it's because we all believe it. We all believe to say this is the best thing, right? We all believe that Apple is the the best phone. It's what people want to believe. That's why people buy it. That's why people, that's why they can charge more because people believe that. That's how it all works. Now, the crime incident here is people who have influence are lying through their ass to make people buy into this, right? Put real money into this. So that they can pull out. It's like, yeah, here, let me open that door and then slam it locked behind you guys. That's how they inflate the value of the NFTs or the cryptos. Doing so, they get their money. They get a ton of money out. But they screw over everyone who jumped into that ship, essentially. And that's the crime piece. And again, there's no regulation in crypto or in NFTs because it's a blockchain. Blockchains means they're decentralized. They're deregulated right now. Yeah, which means you can't control that piece. So, I guess my my thought to you is how I don't know 
how what would you think about it in a true crime sense? I have a very specific well, question, but that's if you're a gonna one. if you're gonna refer to that as a crime, like you just said, it's unregulated. So if if we're calling it a crime, we're only calling it a crime as far as like humanity it considers it a crime because if it's not regulated, then it's not breaking any laws. It's not technically a crime. The finance is unregulated, but the, so, uh, the but there. I mean, so there's definitely that side of it. Um, as far as like, sometimes I don't feel bad at all though for some of the people that get screwed over especially if they have enough money to invest and it didn't hurt them that bad they just feel dumb and i'm like well yeah you feel dumb sorry for you uh but you know yeah as far as like screwing over people who probably yeah bought into it and then lost everything or couldn't afford to buy into it and they got screwed it's like yeah that's a that's one of those areas where you're like you want to you know it's like those grandmas who get screwed over by the nigerian prince or something you're like oh, yeah. well don't be stupid grandma but i i agree with you in that sense like okay you, you did your own mistakes but this is someone who's intentionally lying to you if your neighbor came up to you say hey man you know we've been neighbors for 20 good years you trust me right I need you to buy into this just because i said so and then all of a sudden well then that's that's just that's just selling confidence i think that's just a, a charismatic right, person but they're lying is, but that's what all a lot of charismatic people that's what they do. Politicians right. are lying. They're people. lying, though. But so are politicians. It's what are still you a do? crime. What are you going to do about that? Yes, the thing is they're not targeting politicians. Right? They're targeting so individuals I, who I try, lie to I try thousands. To see, I try to see NFTs more like an, an opportunity for people to create wealth that otherwise wouldn't be able to, right? Because if you're a charismatic person from, like, if you're in, a, you're in, a, you're in the hood, you have no way to make money by, I'm by stocks, right? i NFTs are crimes. I, well, and I don't even disagree with the NFT system. I think the people who are peddling it are the bad ones. Because NFTs those are, are legit. Those are, the, those are the people that are making the money, though. No, but I believe NFTs can be used by like artists and concerts. Yeah, they already. Be. So you can have them used for memberships and stuff like that, like very private organizations. Like so that's perfect. We needed something that but way. But then you want to add regulation to that, which makes it difficult. No, not regulation. I just want to say, if you're going to lie about it, you're going to go to jail for lying, not for <laughs> regulating the crypto you, or the NFT. You can't go to jail for just lying, dude. That's yeah, just, you can. Why would why? That's a what was it? What was there? Fraud. It's fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Just lying is fraud. <laughs> okay. Well, what isn't fraud though? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, like, but this is at a massive scale. People so, are so losing are, money. So are banks. That's my point. So when I was talking, when I when I was when I was talking um, about the idea of financial institutions that already take advantage of those opportunities to lie and take control of people because it's in those little paragraphs when you sign up for a bank account. When I, when uh, when I saw the NFT as I see it as an option for people. Whatever, if they're lying or they're frauds, I mean, you tell me a company that isn't. But that's an opportunity for somebody who's had a criminal record. That's an opportunity for someone who, for other other means, wouldn't be able to create the significant amount of wealth that is available and possible through this method. Because if people believe in that picture of a pumpkin, you know, that has like a little digital face, that's a way for you to make money. For somebody like maybe has, a, like if you've talked to a few people that maybe committed uh, uh, you know, big crimes, you know, things that they were locked up for like 15 years, when they come out, the rehabilitation process almost is non-existent. And if there is one, you're going to be working like at a, at a dead job for a while. Again, we're, I'm trying to be very specific here. I'm not saying money is bad. I'm saying the banks are bad. Same thing with, I don't think NFTs are bad. But you I want think them the to go people who are lying about them are bad. Who, who, who isn't lying about an NFT? I'm not saying who is. I'm just saying that that's no, 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 where no. the, that's where the crime is being. Sorry. Done. I know this is about you, Eric. I'm sorry, <laughs> but let me just, just to get it clear. 
when someone creates an NFT or someone pedals one or someone in, it, it but markets you said one. different create and pedals two different things. Okay, so I'm giving you three different options. So mm, let's there's someone, only two that you need. If someone is pedaling or if someone created it, because you can pedal it without it being yours. You didn't create it, but you can pedal it. Right. So either one. So if, if you're doing either one, what's what's what's, what's the, the difference? There is no crime in creating one. Okay, what should be the crime then? There is no crime there. You just made something. And if you want to sell it, that's cool. Now, we're going to the pedaling part, whereas I'm lying to you about the value, knowing that my exit strategy is when you come in so that you can lose money and I gain some. That's intentional. That's that's a yard sale. That's every that's every No, no, because you're getting a good for for money. You are getting a good. You're no, getting, you're not in you're the NFT. Digital good. No, you're not. Because in a pedaling scenario... You know they're gonna lose because you're gonna gain it. That's every <laughs> no. You're talking about transactional. <laughs> if you buy Grand Theft Auto Five, you know that's gonna go down in value. But you're selling it at sixty dollars. But you're right gonna now. use a service out of it. You are too. You're gonna get an, a digital currency, a digital right. NFT. But the NFT piece, you're gonna say it's gonna go up in value, knowing damn well it's not. We should be lawyers. That's you know, the intention. That intention. You know it's not gonna gain anything. Cool. I'm gonna send you your. What way. do you think? Oh sorry, well, I'm no. Sorry, I'm just I'm bringing it back down. <clears throat> Let me just bring it back down to what the podcast was supposed to be about. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so when you have when you have people on your podcast that talk about openly, um, not openly, but you know, like to you about murder, um, if it's real or not, because like you say, you don't vet the you don't vet the stories, you don't know if they're lying, you don't know if they're um, if they're NFTs or not. How do you uh, like how when you talk to them like about their their them killing somebody, like if it's accidental or if it's on purpose or whatever, like how do you, when they talk about it, how do you um, like, how do you feel? Like, do you are they being sincere about it? Do you can you tell like they were like they, they feel sorry for it? Are, are they just like so that hardening those hardened killers? Like, how how is it talking to somebody that possibly killed somebody? So I don't think I would air an episode if I thought I because I'm not. It's a comedy podcast. It's a true crime comedy podcast, and I don't think I would air an episode if I didn't think there was fun to be had. Um. Yeah, when someone tells me some bad stuff, I mean, something you know, maybe we talk about it briefly, and then we get past the serious part of it, and then you know, move on. Uh, definitely, like if if I thought someone had killed somebody and they enjoyed it and they didn't feel remorse, then I'd be like, well, huh, we got to figure out how to get out of this. <laughs> oh, I'm getting out of this room right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the most part, I, I don't think I've talked to anybody that I think is a bad person. And so that's, I'm, I'm out there reaching out to people that I, I know I consider to be good people if I know them or know of them and everybody else that's out there that I come across otherwise is usually reaching out because they're a decent person and just want to get out there and get their voice heard. So yeah, I'm not coming across anybody that I, that I'm getting hit hard morally like oh man this was a downer and i'm hurting inside and i can tell they're hurting and let's all cry together <laughs> right so have you ever like have you ever dreamed about like um just like taking your podcast like the next level and probably like interviewing like you know serial killers or anything oh my like that God. He, he <laughs> i mean he likes comedy Why would yeah you? but like that's what i'm saying like taking it to the next step because he's, like, he's a true crime comedy you know like i i, I get it but yeah. there's always that true crime of people yeah, you don't know you like, want to have the riddler on talk about thumb drives because like on me like you know like like i'm a true crime person you know like i uh i just just listening to that kind of stuff listening to the podcast watching the shows it fascinates me you know yeah. like but like i i don't think i'd ever sit down with a, with a serial killer and talk to him but like you're asking you know, him to do it though. You're like, no but but because that's, like, that's, that's what he does you know like, well not exactly that you know but like like i just want to know like is that something that you ever think like you'd 
you'd, I, you'd I've talked to, to I've talked to people. Um, I have a couple people that are in law enforcement that I know. And yeah, I've talked to them about possible ways to, hey, can you get me with people? Get me in touch with people that are coming out of the drunk tank that day. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. I mean, that would be fun. But yeah, as far as like, unless someone stabbed someone in a funny way, I don't know that <laughs> you drew a happy face. Hey man, it's not illegal <laughs> to do ambulance chase, you know, if you're not a lawyer. What What's the funniest <laughs> crime that you've heard from the people you've had on so far? The one that sticks out the most. Like, it was like, this is a dumb crime, but this is funny. Like, what was it? Oh, man, like, so my, one of my favorite stories that we heard was, it was a drunk driving story, which I'm really against. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't want to hear that everybody's out there drinking and driving, but a lot of everybody kind of is. So, um, yeah, I had a guy on, he was telling a story about when he was driving home. He, he was, uh, he shouldn't have been driving. He had drank too much and he got like a few houses down from his actual, uh, his actual house. And he fell asleep, drove into a ditch and woke up when he hit the ditch, no damage to his car, but because there was a slight jolt, it caused like the gas to shut off. It's like a, a newer feature in cars. So he backs his car out. He goes to drive again. Car car dies. He's drunk. He can't figure out what's going on. He gets out. He tries to push it. He accidentally uh, rolls the car over his own leg and breaks it. Oh, <laughs> oh dude. So then he had to limp home in the middle of the night, yeah, wake his wife up, tow the car home the next morning to find out yeah, that he just had to push a button to reset it. So, I mean, that one, that one was a funny one. It's expensive. He was a pretty funny learned. guy. Yeah in a cast for like another couple months all because yeah is there anybody you'd like to talk to like i know you have your podcast you have people that you know uh, from your circle and people that know someone else what's your dream of how big would you want to see your podcast and who would you want to interview someday i mean i'd love to interview like uh people from certain communities you know like um me and my main co-host you know he's pretty into horror and he's uh involved a lot in the horror community I'd like to talk to people like that, you know, creators and, you know, directors and actors that are, that are in that community. Will Smith and everything. It was his <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about horror. But, you know, like a lot of people like that, I feel like already came from like the same world I already came from. You know, I didn't, uh, a lot of people I talk to that have a lot of these crimes that they're willing to openly talk about, or they're, we're all kind of the same. And we all grew up not with a lot of money just you know, kicking it around the neighborhood and stuff like that. And I feel like that some of these communities out there, a lot of nerd communities, uh, they all kind of grew up and bred in the same environment, same, same class structure, normal lives, just regular people, but then they became something, yeah. you know? So I'd like to hear some of those people. They became millennials. <clears throat> I like how I think I grew up. I think we all grew up here. At least all of us grew up in like in, not the best communities, like impoverished areas where there was a lot of gang culture, especially in the nineties, there was a lot of gang culture, everybody with their white tees and their Timberlands on. And then we switched over to, <laughs> to have Jordans on for a minute. I think that was like, I mean, still is the most popular. You sound very familiar with this. So I mean, I, we <laughs> you, should, all, you should probably join this true crime podcast. I, 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 I grew up in those areas, man. We used to go ding dong ditching. We used to chill until like three in the morning, walk around. There was slap boxing in the area. People were like playing music. Well, one side of the street was all Mexican music. And there was always parties on Saturdays and Fridays during the summer when there was no school. They worked the whole week, down. and the other side was just like you know maybe black or Asian communities, and they were all chilling outside of their houses because it was too hot. You couldn't. We had swamp coolers, so we couldn't afford the yeah. good air conditioning. So we were outside when the night you know it got cold air, and that's when everybody would come out. But during the evening, it was quiet. Everyone was sleeping or working, and then out of that night, everyone was was alive. You could walk blocks together as a group of friends. 
I remember that experience and I think about it now because a lot of us were nerds. We would talk about anime. We would talk about like boxing matches, it, like the whole spectrum of activity. And then when I look at some of the kids now, they're doing it in a different way, maybe through like Discord or another method, but it's not the same experience of being able to have both like the twilight of video games, cartoons on Saturday nights, and then go out and walk until like two in the morning to one friend's house to another and sleep over because it's too late and then get yelled at by their mom the next day on the phone. And then like the chat lines, those like free hotlines that people would call and just to, like, you're a teenager, yeah. you're just talking to adults and you, they're just pretending and just like, I remember all these memories. Did you have a similar experience? How was, how was your situation when you were kind of in the teenage years? Well, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so it's not as big, you know. Um, it's still a, a major city in Oklahoma, but, yeah, it was smaller. Most of the city shut down at, like, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, and, and unless you were, like, downtown, which I couldn't go there when I was a teenager. Uh, but, yeah, no, definitely roaming streets, you know, playing ball in the field and stuff like that, you know, pickup games and whatnot. But then we'd get into mischief, too. You know, I'd be walking to home, and then someone would dare me to – throw a rock at someone's window or something yeah. So, so yeah i mean yeah we were we were rough kids running around doing doing bad stuff and then then going home and playing video games sega channel you know whatever so i i i respect the i want to respect the time that we have but i want to definitely have a chance to talk to you later on because i see the uh, i want to believe poster on your back uh there on the wall like we i want to talk about ufos because that's something that we talked about we didn't get a chance to really get into it, and also I don't but believe. You don't believe in spirits. I don't believe in ghosts. I believe in maybe the spirits out there, but I don't. I don't believe humans become ghosts. Maybe if maybe you could take a really good mushroom trip, trip maybe you'll, <laughs> uh, maybe my opinion will change or something. But psilocybin or something. But I, I don't. I don't because ghosts always do stupid things. Like what if I it said, was an alien mushroom? They, why do they flick the lights? Why do they mess with with your like floorboards? Why don't they like come out and yeah, I'm come out to with help you with that electric bill, bro? He's like. <laughs> It's just like the stories aren't very convincing to me, but I bet you they might exist. I don't know. I just, I don't believe in it, but ghosts, I definitely don't believe in ghosts, but ancient civilizations, ancient aliens or something probably makes more sense to me than a ghost. Maybe, maybe it's the same thing. Who knows? But I just, to me, I would definitely want to talk about that, but just, I don't want to take too much time. What's your opinion? Do you believe ghosts exist? Yes or no. And do you believe in aliens? Okay. So we did a Halloween special where we talked to some of previous guests about, uh, some of their ghost stories, some of their spooky stories that had happened. And I've had a couple spooky stories that have happened in my life. And I do not believe in ghosts. I, I woke up in the middle of the night one time I could swear. I saw something moving across the room and right about the point where it hit, where my computer should be, my computer came off and I don't believe in ghosts, (laughs) even though I saw something I can't explain. Uh, One time I was really convinced that there was somebody downstairs when I was, uh, living in a two-story townhouse and I was thinking about it. And then I heard one of my son's uh, automatic toys pop to life. It came on, made noise and went off. There was, we were all in bed upstairs. Yeah. Well, I was convinced there was someone downstairs that toy went off on its own. So I eventually got up the nerve and went downstairs. No one there, but don't believe in ghosts. I might've set that off with my mind. He oh, believed man. in it in that instant, no, though, when it, it happened. He was like, oh, I, shit, there's someone down Eric here. is the man, dude. You're the man. See, this no, is no, what no. I'm talking about. There's experiences that make you feel like it's possible, but when you really think about it, it's there's lots of good answers for what something happened. All of a sudden, and you're a skeptic. You After it. you survive, you're like, okay, there's nothing happened. I want that to happen. As it was happening, you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I oh, want shit. it to happen <laughs> to me so I can tell you it happened to me. I had experiences, too, but, I mean, again, there's not enough evidence to hold, like, water, you know? But it's, I, I love listening to those stories. <laughs> See, look at that. That was a ghost right there. 
I have a lot more belief in psychic phenomenon, although I can't say, I would say it's as conclusive for me. I just, I want to believe in that a little bit more. Like maybe I made that computer come on or that toy go off. Yeah. See that, I believe in that more. How is that different from a ghost? Because a ghost is, is it an, ghost psychic it, energy. A ghost, no, a ghost is another being that died or psychic something. Psychic energy, but psychic energy is different. That's yeah, like that's you how you make, manifest things. You can you can maybe have such a hard belief in yourself that you run an extra mile when you thought you couldn't. You can manifest a, your soul outside of your body. That's literally a spirit. Who who can do that? Spirits. Who? Doctor Strange. Tell me. Oh, yeah. see. Oh, the VFX. It exists. Team, the VFX. Team. It exists. That's, that can do that. All right. Well, whatever. So, uh, Eric. I am very grateful that you were able to be here today with us. I know that we didn't have much. We had enough time, I think, but we talked a lot, so I'm, I'm sorry. I really appreciate you here, and I hopefully in the future we can uh, we can have another episode together. We can talk about the ghost phenomenon and maybe the alien ones, because I think that's always interesting. Yeah, appreciate you coming. Appreciate you inviting me on. Is there anything, uh, any, any place you recommend people be able to look for you in case they want to contact you or hear more of your thoughts? You can find, you know, my podcast, True Criminals, on most podcatchers out there, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, etc. Um, yeah, True Criminals, although because it starts off with True Crim, you're going to hit all the other true crime podcasts that are more popular when you search it. So spell the whole thing out. Um, on social net or social medias, you can find us at true.criminals.podcast and you can always email us at truecriminalsjailpod at gmail.com. And yeah, we'd love to hear anybody's stories, you know, even if you just want to write in a story and say, hey, yeah, it's one time I stuck up a liquor store with a rubber chicken or whatever. <laughs> uh, tell us your stories. Everybody's done something. All right. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank thanks for being thanks for being on this podcast right here. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one.